0: Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour, back again with you guys for another show after Arsenal have lost 2-1 at home to Manchester City, a.k.a. Stuart Atwell, uh, this evening. Oh, it's just such a frustrating afternoon. I mean, that was easily the tough, probably the toughest shift um, since starting my new job at FL because just getting make writing pieces when you're in that kind of mindset is really hard and thankfully I mean I got to write some some nice stuff um, some really positive stuff even though we lost and uh, I mean there's a piece that's out right now if you want to check it out kind of talking about specifically how I see uh, us moving forward from this point and the fact this kind of is a bit of a it showed the real progression of the team I thought the game uh, I'll just put a link to it in the chat box but I am very, very frustrated. I'm obviously very, very down about what happened because it was a real missed opportunity. But as I said on the Arsenal way earlier on, I'm still really, really positive about what I saw because I couldn't really ask much more um, from kind of a performance and what I was expecting. Everyone knows how good Manchester City are, how, how they dominate games, the quality and depth in their team. We all know that, but... What we saw from that Arsenal team today is is we saw a team that's, that's not scared of anything, that's not scared of anyone, not scared of any team, not scared of any players or coaches or whatever. They're an Arsenal team now that believe they can genuinely go and play against any team without fear, a team that can go and try and get results against any team, playing the way they know how. We created a beautiful goal that we scored, and it's in the style of what Mikel Arteta is trying to achieve at Arsenal Football Club right now. And I, for one, am very, very happy with that. There are things that we need to discuss in today's show. We're going to go and talk about the referee. We're going to talk about the mistakes that were made by our own players. And there were mistakes made, absolutely uh and then we're going to look forward and we're going to look forward to what this means for arsenal but we're also going to be going through plenty of your comments in the chat box as well as we always do on these shows so if you do have any thoughts or feelings about the game do not be shy throw them into the chat box and uh, we'll be going through as many of them as feasibly possible a happy new year to everybody in the chat box of course thank you so much uh for continuing to support and join us for each of these shows even when things aren't going particularly well Massive, massive thank you for everyone that's coming into the chat box and joining us for these shows. Uh, let's scroll down to see what some of you guys have been saying. Uh, Javier says, for the people saying Gabriel Martinelli is a ball hogger and doesn't pass, I keep saying he's a natural goal scorer. His instincts is to score. The kid is only 20. Stop pointing fingers. Hey, look, I think that in the moment where he should score, that the criticism for that shot is justified up until a point. Even with the added... Ridiculousness of Stuart Atwell getting in his way, which I find silly, he should still be scoring that goal. We'll get onto Stuart Atwell in a second. Martinelli was brilliant. Energy, amazing. Pressing, so, 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 so strong. And I don't think he's a ball hogger. He's created plenty of chances for Arsenal in these games since he started. And I think that he's certainly moving forwards as a brilliant addition to this Arsenal team. The run that he went on and nearly scored, if he puts that in the back of the net, no one's worrying about it. And I thought it was a really good chance that he created for himself. And we've lacked players like that since probably Alexis Sanchez left the club. Players that create chances for themselves. And Martinelli is a really good variable to have in the team. Um, Let's go to Moses. Evening Gunas, three matches of domination, nine points dropped, dare to dream. Um, Yeah, I mean, if you look at the games in which we played against Man United, we could have won that game. We could have won the Everton game and then we played really poorly uh, and we Could have absolutely won today. Uh, and that's that's the crushing one is today's result because it's it really could have been a springboard for us going forwards. Uh Napa Fire says, Happy New Year, Tom, happy new years, mate. Uh, that Spurs late winner was painful. The North London derby is huge. Wish it was at the Emirates. Conte away is no easy task, minus parte. Look, I think we got a real chance of going to Spurs and getting a first result there for a very long time. I think since that famous Rositsky goal in the first minute of the match at old, uh, old White Hart Lane. So that I think this is the best opportunity we've had going to Spurs in a long, long time to win. Even without Thomas Partey, I'm confident in Sambi Lukonga coming in and doing the job. Uh, anyway, let's focus on the individual kind of incidents during the game. Let's start with the Odegaard's penalty. Tell me what you feel about this. Tell me how you feel about the penalty in the chat books, whether or not you thought it was a penalty, whether or not you feel that Erdegaard was fouled. From my perspective, in the game, when I first saw it, I thought immediately it's a penalty. Then when I saw the angles being shown on VAR, that slightly changed my mind. And that in itself, if that's what they were looking at through VAR, would have certainly been enough for the officials in VAR to turn around and say to Stuart Atwell that it wasn't a penalty or that you don't need to change your mind. When I then watched the replays in at halftime, courtesy of BT Sport, those images, which... For some reason, weren't available during the actual VAR assessment. Clearly, show Edison going through Erdegar's foot before reaching the ball. And I just can't quite understand how that is not being made available to VAR. And if it is, why on earth that's not being checked properly? Because it is a penalty. Edison goes through Erdegar's foot and then hits the ball. It's a clear cut. Penalty. I can't understand why that footage was not being reviewed during the game and why it was then available for some reason at half time to BT Sport viewers. It made no sense to me whatsoever. It was then circulating all through social media in the second half and after the game as well. If you get 1 0 up in that moment, obviously it doesn't mean that it changes things drastically. We weren't 1 0 up soon after that. But it could mean that you go two new up and you gain control and you've got that other goal that's coming from later on in the game. It can also mean that Edison's on a yellow card. It could also mean a lot of up. It could change the game completely in how it was played. It is an absolute, for me, nailed-on penalty. He goes for Odegaard, then goes to the ball, It's just strange that that footage wasn't available during the VAR assessment. I just don't really get it. James says he hit the player before the ball. It was a penalty. Officiating in the league is horrendous. Just watched the Spurs game and some terrible decisions against Watford. Uh, Chris says first Edison hit his foot, then the ball, and Erdogan stomped on him. It's a penalty. Uh, Alex says why review one and not the other? Edison's foot is on the other side of Erdogan's foot next to the ball. It was like the ball on the left, Erdogan's foot in the middle, and Edison's uh, foot on the right again i can't give you an explanation as to why it wasn't given and why they didn't check it and it just does seem like the whole monitor thing the monitor thing is is purely there so that the if you're a viewer in the crowd or watching on tv you know that the decision's about to be changed because before if you remember pr- prior to referees going to the screen what would happen is is a decision would be made or not made the referee would hear something in his ear and And then they would be told to give a different decision or, you know, just carry on being the check complete. Now, we have to go, we have to basically have the same process, except the only difference is the referee this time goes to the screen instead of being told to change their decision. It doesn't change it. I think once, it's happened once where the referee has looked at the screen and stuck with their original view. And I don't don't know who it was or when it was, but I think there's only one example that was brought up during the game on the BT Sport commentary where that's happened. That's all that it serves to do, and so when we know that, when we know that's what the the screen is being used for, it's to, apparently to give confidence to the crowd that the referees check the decision. Well, when every single time you go to the screen, it means that the decision is being changed, it's pointless. It is effectively a moot point. It doesn't need to be there. You may as well just continue on telling the referee. What to do and how to change. It's, it makes absolutely zero sense to me and why that Erdogan one was not checked. Uh, and now, I mean, let's move on to the Xhaka one because the Xhaka for penalty for me, he doesn't give the penalty. That's the most clear and obvious thing is that he doesn't give the penalty. And that's important because for the decision to be changed, the referee has to have, has to be considered to have made a clear and obvious error. Now, the moment that Xhaka obviously puts his leg across, it's very physical. Bernardo Silva starts to go down in a way which is not obstructed by Granite Xhaka's leg. He goes down in a very artificial, choreographed way. He also is being tugged by Xhaka and his shirt is being pulled. But again, it's not of a it's not of a force. It's not of a situation where that would cause Bernardo Silva to fall in the way that he does. Is he impeding? Arguably, yes. But then what was interesting was, and I don't know if you noticed this, but a little bit later on in the game, there was a very, very similar incident between Granit Xhaka and Riyad Mahrez in the bottom right-hand corner of the pitch, in the far right-hand corner of our left-back's position of the pitch, where Xhaka was very physical with Riyad Mahrez, got the ball off of him, and played on. No foul was given, nothing. And it was the same amount of physical, you know, happenings that was going on during that penalty scenario. So to split those two scenarios, the only difference between the two scenarios is that in one, Bernardo Silva falls over and in the other, Riyad Mahrez doesn't fall over. That's the only difference. And because Bernardo Silva dived, he made the VAR officials feel like they needed to make a decision. But it's just, it's half of one and and half a dozen of the other. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's six or well, six of one half done, of the other. But I just don't get that. What I don't understand how, that can be considered a clear and obvious error. I would have far less complaints if the referee just gave the pen because in that sense, I don't think there's enough evidence to say that it's not a penalty. It's just it's one of those where the whole idea of VAR and changing decisions made on the field, it, there's just no consistency. There's no, there's no rules in place. There's no clarity. There's nothing that tells you down the straight and narrow what's going to happen. Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box. Uh Pramod says, Tom, as journalists, why isn't there more media attention on refereeing in the Premier League? I mean, I wrote pretty scathingly about the Premier League uh refereeing in my last article. So, I mean, that's only from my perspective, but uh I I certainly called out the refereeing in the game in my piece. With the amount of line, uh with the amount online for clubs with points, why isn't there media hurrah? Um, I can only speak for myself and I Feel like I call it out when I need to call it out. So, but I can't tell you for why no one else does it or why it isn't done enough. It's it is what it is. Uh, Alpha says Xhaka put his leg across and he doesn't start to go down till his leg has already been moved and he then tiptoed, leaped into the air forward to simulate the pull of the shirt being more than just being held. Tim says compare Xhaka's shirt pull to Maguire's arm grabbing. Uh, <laughs> I know that the, the arm grabbing on Tomiyasu, not given. It's, it's the inconsistency again that's ridiculous to, to try and explain why these things happen. Anyway, the penalty's given. They score, they equalise. And then Arsenal have a great chance, as we've already discussed, to go 2-1 up. Martinelli should score in that moment. But what on earth is Stuart Atwell doing again? Why is he running into the box? Why is he getting involved in the play? If the only reason why he's running into the box to check if the ball's going to go over the line half before Ake clears it, we have goal line technology. He doesn't need to run into the box. So why on earth are we seeing the official run in front of our own player in a goal scoring opportunity to put him off from his shot that he should still score? It's not taking away the criticism of Martinelli for not scoring that, tr- that strike, but there is no reason for Stuart Atwell to be in that position on the pitch in that moment. It's it's really, really really strange. I I can't explain it. And then you start going into the number of fouls that Manchester City were making with very little cards being given. I think they received two cards in the entire game. One of them was given to Bernardo Silva right at the end when he kicked the ball away, and the other one was given for Rodri when he took his shirt off celebrating. Besides those two incidents, Man City, as far as I'm aware, did not get any yellow cards whatsoever. And yet it felt like every single time Arsenal fouled someone or fouled someone they were given a yellow card i mean rob holding was given a yellow card for his first tackle i just the idea the idea that there's consistency or that this referee Stuart Atwell is fit to go into the next game like he's going to be allowed to go into the next premier league fixture and officiate like nothing's happened because there is no accountability for refereeing in this country whatsoever bad performances are rewarded with the next game it is very 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 rare ever to see a bad refereeing performance have anything anything kind of you know happen to the referees um I must says how is Tom fuming, but in a calm way. I only know how to do that. <laughs> I only know how to be passive aggressive, if you like. It's just it's a skill, is what it is. Uh, Glenn Cook says, why don't the managers at their next meeting come to a vote to determine if refs should be forced to answer questions pertaining to controversial decisions they made in gains for clarity? I mean, am I right in saying that Newcastle made an official complaint about the refereeing um, in the country? I'm sure I saw this. I'm going to quick to Google. Newcastle set to file complaint to the Premier League uh, about the refereeing standards. Newcastle was said to make a formal complaint. Oh, I've got to pay for this article. Hold on a second. Uh, can I just refresh? No. Uh, after a series of controversial mistakes, it seems. Um, let, oh, I don't really want to click on this outlet, to be honest. Uh, Liverpool Echo. Here we go. I should be able to read it on here. Uh, Let's scroll down to Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle have reportedly made a formal complaint about refereeing standards in the Premier League following their defeat against Liverpool and Man City. Uh, The Reds ran out 3-1 winners against the Magpies last Thursday at Anfield. This was back in December before Christmas. Uh, There was a 4-0 home defeat. The Magpies were left wondering why, despite a VAR check, they were not awarded a penalty when goalkeeper Edison collided with Ryan Fraser in the box. Yes, you probably remember this. If you were watching the Man City-Newcastle game, if you've ever seen a more nailed-on penalty than when Edison completely takes out Ryan Fraser and it wasn't given it's the i'll tell you what there is consistency in refereeing because it's going not giving anything against manchester city is clearly the consistency that we've got in this game utterly ridiculous absolutely ridiculous harry says can i just say how amazing Partey played today yes you can Partey was absolutely fantastic he's got stick after stick after stick in so many games but he has come on leaps and bounds in the last month or so and this was definitely the pinnacle of his season it's a shame that we're losing him to the african cup of nations fingers crossed we've got a replacement lined up to come in we should do lukonga's there we like lukonga very good player he's got some big shoes to fill though Uh, But yeah, Partey was absolutely brilliant. Dan, Saka was also brilliant as always. And I think Saka has probably proven to be after, ironically, after Smith-Rowe being taken out of the first, first team 11 because of injury and then Martinelli coming in, Saka has definitely been the most consistent player in the Arsenal team besides maybe... Tomiyasu. Tomiyasu and Saka on that right-hand side are so, so consistent. Kieran Tierney, I thought, also had a really, really solid game. There was only one moment where I was a little bit concerned about Tierney, and that's where he stepped up too quickly and then realized that he had to get back to cover Mares. But he had to deal with Mares all game, who I think has probably been City's best player this season. And I thought I thought that Tierney was great. Tomiyasu, though, is just on a different planet. <laughs> Tommy Asu is just on an absolute different world to the level of consistency that we need in this Arsenal team. This guy never, ever, ever gives up a challenge. He goes in for every, every single kind of clash he's in there, trying to get the ball. If he loses it, he's running back. He goes forwards. He supports things. Tommy Asu is arguably looking to be one of the best signs we've made in the last 10 years, and he's only been here six months, and that's not an exaggeration. He's genuinely looking like one of the best signings for the money that we've paid and the position that we've signed him. He's looking that good. And we need to make sure that we've got a Nuno Tavares level of cover behind him because Cedric and Chambers and Ainsley Maitland-Niles are not good enough cover. Ben White is not a right back. He did quite well against Norwich, but it was Norwich. We need proper cover behind Tommy Asu because he is proven to be An absolutely brilliant player. Uh, PJT says, it's unfortunate that all the attention turns to the impact of the officials. Arsenal gave a performance of the season in the first half. All the players were on seven, eights and nines out of 10. City's desperation speaks volumes. This is probably the the, the point in which we end the show. Uh, I'm going to be going for another 10 or so minutes, so keep throwing your comments in. But this comment here is, is how I want to finish and how you should take away from today how Arsenal played because this was billed as the test. This was billed as the game in which Arsenal had to show how far they'd come, and they did. It was only ever going to take the power being taken out of the control of Arsenal for City to come away with anything. I don't mean all three points. I mean any points at all. Arsenal were the better team. Arsenal deserved to win, and they had this result stolen from them without a shadow of a doubt. And we need to make sure that we're not I mean, if you're if you're watching things and you're seeing people absolutely gun for this team, or say that it's not good enough, or that it's a you know saying that Arsenal missed an opportunity and and that's to be criticised. I don't know what to say. I don't know how you how you get over kind of this negative mindset because Arsenal today proved people wrong. They proved so many people wrong, and that performance deserves so much more than what they got. And I think if we can go into the next game against Liverpool and continue that momentum, I want to go to Liverpool now and really batter them because they're going to be using a change team. They're playing Chelsea tomorrow. Klopp's not going to be there. They're losing Sadio Mane and, and, uh, and Mohamed Salah. Yes, they've got Shrewsby at the weekend, but they should be playing some fairly rotated teams. Jota and Firmino probably start and they'll start some fairly strong players in there. But I want to go to Liverpool and win that. I want to play against Liverpool on Thursday and win that game. I want to win it well. And then we've got a game against Forest in the Cup, and then we play, obviously, Liverpool again. And if we can kind of sort that first leg to a comfortable position, then we go up against Spurs in that following week, and I want to go into that game confident. I want to be through into the final of the the League Cup to give us that buoyancy going into the game against Spurs. And it's an absolutely huge game, and we cannot afford to lose that. I don't think we can even afford to draw it because... We need to make sure that we take points off Spurs. They're not that good. You look at them today against Watford. Watford deserved to get something from that game. You looked at them against Southampton. They couldn't score. They weren't fluid. They weren't weren't clicking. They weren't precise. They haven't been playing anywhere near as good as Arsenal have. We should be going to Spurs and winning, and we kind of have to. And it'll be the first time that we've done that in a long time. But we should be going into that game confidently. I really want to see an Arsenal over the next few weeks or so that just, you know, really kind of sticks it to the man if you like <laughs> really does stick it to the to the league and say we don't care you can give things against us decisions against us you can take away points but we're just going to keep on fighting and I feel like this team has got that they've got that mentality about them there's a real kind of fire in the belly of this Arsenal team it feels and I'm I'm excited to see where it goes and I'm so proud to see these lads playing like they are I feel utterly cheated today but as I named this video I'm genuinely so proud of seeing where this team's going and the progression that's being made. If we get to the end of the season and we just miss out on top four, that will suck. But we need to have at least fought for it. And then we'll be back in Europe and then we'll go again next season. But this team's going forwards. This team is progressing. This team's getting better. And I'm really enjoying it. And I'm really liking it. And I'm liking being an Arsenal fan again. And that's something that I've not been able to say for quite a while because it's been pretty dour to be an Arsenal fan of late i'm really enjoying being an arsenal fan and you know what the key thing is as well is i don't fear anyone i don't fear any team i don't fear liverpool on thursday i don't fear spurs when we go there i'm not fearful of teams i remember about a year ago i was fearful of going to burnley or playing southampton at home i was fearful of those games i'm not fearful of this anymore i go into these games with confidence i'm going into these games knowing that arsenal can win any game that they play and they've got the the competency and the quality to be able to do it. Leon says, wish we had an experienced manager with these players and knows how far we could go. I mean, Leon, if your mindset is on Arteta right now and wishing there was someone better than Arteta in charge, I think you have to remember where Arteta is taking these players right now. And this is from coming from someone that's been very critical of Arteta. Look at what he's getting out of this team now. Look at what he's getting out of the youngest team in the Premier League. That's for me, the big one is Gabriel out for the North London derby. I don't think so. I think he'll miss the, um, the forest game. I think he's suspended for the forest game, but I don't think he's suspended for the, um, for the Spurs game. I'm pretty sure it's just the forest game. I don't think the league cup games count, but I'm pretty sure he's just suspended for forest. Um, <laughs> that's a bit of a weird comment uh let's go to south london's finest b who says i know everyone is blaming Xhaka today for the pen but gabriel stupid red really did the thing against Southampton last season seriously hot-headed he is and he's young and he's gonna have those moments i do think that you know <laughs> Xhaka's jacker's moment he gives the referee a decision to make i i back the idea that it wasn't the penalty because he didn't give a pen in the first place i don't think there's enough evidence to change the decision but Xhaka gives the ref something to do. He gives the ref that choice. And we didn't need to do that. We'd been really kind of... We'd been containing City up until that point. We had 11 men and we could have maybe even gone 2-0 up. We had the... we had the Not a man advantage, but we didn't have the man disadvantage at that point. And, you know, if that doesn't happen then the Gabriel doesn't get sent off, Martinelli has the opportunity as well. I mean, Martinelli scores and I don't think Gabriel gets sent off. But Gabby was really silly to get a yellow card for scuffing up the penalty spot. And then, you know, you just take out Gabriel Jesus in that moment. And you know, it's going to be a yellow cause Jesus is away. So they're going to give a yellow card. It's ridiculous really, but it's it's just one of those you just have to take on the chin, unfortunately. But yeah, he'll be back for the North London derby. Thankfully. Uh, Pramos says, Tom, one more question for info. Do you know if clubs have any recourse to challenge decisions? No, they don't. Um, There's nothing. And I mean, if there is, is, I mean, I saw people saying that um, Arsenal should be like questioning or just questioning decisions, or there should be an investigation into Stuart Atwell. Do you really think that the investigation into Stuart Atwell is going to bear any fruit at all? Because we all know it's not. We need to take control of our own destiny as much as we can, and we need to go into every game and play our game as best we can and try and win without the help of or at the disadvantage of refereeing decisions. We need to try and get games done on our own. We've been doing that recently, but today when fine margins really toe the line, obviously that was a bit of a difference maker. Uh, Christoph says, Xhaka gave the referee the shiny object of the shirt grab in the box, gives him every reason to overturn his initial non-call. Daniel says, According to Albert, Gabriel's uh, first yellow was actually for something he said to the ref, not... For messing up the penalty spot. I've seen conflicting reports. I don't know if it was for that. I've from what I saw, it was from scuffing the penalty spot, but maybe it was for something he said. Either way, both are stupid. Don't do it. It's as simple as that. Um <laughs> the game ain't rigged. People who say that are childish, says Jamie. I I mean, I would always err on the side of saying, you know, you would hope that it's not. But is football is football ever. A clean slate of honesty. Has there never been anything going on behind the scenes in the sport that has gone on before that's been punished or found out or investigated? Football is one of the most, you know, has experienced some of the most corrupt things that have been found guilty at FIFA, in uh, even I mean, just just at silly levels of football in Italian football in particular. Football's not clean. (laughs) Football ain't clean. Otherwise, you wouldn't have those instances that we've seen in the past come to light I mean Des Spiegel do great work at the German outlet of trying to find out stuff that goes on behind the scenes but do things get punished equally is is massive problems in the game being tackled properly like racism no it's not it's not being tackled properly there's not enough being done and uh, there's not enough of uh, what's the right words there's not enough of uh, an intention and incentive there's not enough kind of backing for them to do it and it's a shame it's a real shame um, so accept bribery. <laughs> Not accusing anyone, just a challenge in the point. Uh no, no one should I, I don't think anyone's saying that anyone should accept bribery. Um, but uh we don't know uh what goes on behind the scenes. Uh Nishith says, uh, did you see the referee blocking Martinelli's shot? yes yeah, ridiculous. It's why he's there. He shouldn't be there. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, let's stop shouting at the chat box. Stop using capital letters. Let's 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 stop using that. Um, Franklin Goodwin says, Uh, we're literally in the top division down to Man United and Liverpool players and match fixing <laughs> again. These are all alleged, but I pff, you can't categorically sit here and say that there's no there's you, there's definitely nothing dodgy. You You can't because of what's happened in the past. You just can't sit here and categorically say that there's definitely nothing dodgy going on in this sport. Definitely, definitely not. You can't say that because of everything that's gone prior to this. Um, says, would you take a brown envelope to keep Arteta? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Arison <laughs> says, excellent performance today. Spore by a silly red and a ridiculous VAR. Arnie says, why was Xhaka helping driving the player up before he got, before he have hit the grass? Um, look, as I said before, Xhaka's given the, given the referee something to do. He's given the referees something to make a call on. Uh, Keme says, uh, we are on the right track, Tom. Concentration should improve on players, should take control of the decision-making and also effort and attitude this game was lost due to an excess of emotions. I don't doubt that. Look, I think a side with more experience and it probably doesn't lose its head, like quite like we lost our heads in that game. But that's part of having a young, really exciting team. There's going to be immaturities and Gabriel befell that today it's not to say that we have we've got a lot still to be really happy about and i think there's a lot that we can take from this game positively that is in our control and that you know we can take into the next game i'm really excited for the liverpool game i'm really excited to see what happens next and we're going to be covering all of that and of course it's the january transfer window we could see some really exciting things happen this month who knows there's some there's you know whispers going on around who what could come into the club who might be signed who we could bring in who could go there's, I think there's reason to be excited this season that we didn't ever think at the start of the season. I mean, think after the first three games, if you'd ever think we'd be going and playing Man City like we did today, I never, ever, ever would have thought that we would be. And it kind of does show the progression that we've made in that time. Uh, Rich says, performance was great, but we were robbed Jacker again with another moment and Gabby being reckless after uh, after that. He did not help us, but we can be proud of the lads. Top four, no problem if we play like that. We've gonna have, we're going to rely on a little bit of luck. We're going to have to rely on other teams dropping points. And we're going to have to try and win all the big games that we can. But there aren't many games in this in this league season that we should be losing. Now, I, I look at this team and I say that Man, Man City, Liverpool, and Chelsea have got a good right to say that they should be beating Arsenal. But beyond those three, we can beat Man United at home. We can beat Leicester at home. We can beat West Ham. We've already done that. We beat them comfortably at home, and I think we can do it away. We can beat every other team in this league. And I, there's not many excuses to say that we can't because that's the level that Arteta's has put this team onto now where we can beat all of those sides. So when we don't, I'm going to be asking questions as to why we didn't. And there's going to be inquests into the reasons why we didn't win certain games and we should really be winning them. And that's what happens. That's the expectation continues to grow. When you play well, when you get into a position that you're, you know, you're, you're putting on performances like we did against Man City, expectation grows. And so when we go into the game against Burnley late this month, I'm expecting a win. When we go into games against Leicester at home and Man United at home, I'm expecting us to try and get all three points. That's what happens. That is the expectation. Uh, How much game are we without? Partey says Damien. We're without him for the rest of the month. So all of the League Cup semi-final... FA Cup against Forest, Spurs, Burnley and maybe, maybe Wolves, Um, but I'm not 100% sure on the Wolves game, but definitely Burnley, Spurs and double Liverpool and Forest, we're going to be without him. So at least the next five will be without Thomas Partey. Glenn says, the games against United and Spurs are massive for the top four race, sports especially, keeping this momentum will be vital. Ian says, we played the majority of our matches against City with 10 men and all of them were our own mistakes and Spurs won their game today and we have to win our game against them. End of. Dion says, can we be done with Xhaka now? Don't know what Sambi did wrong to get displaced. I'd I'd agree with you. I don't know why Sambi was out of the team. I don't know why he got dropped. He was doing brilliantly. But that's good that he comes back. So we're going to see him come back. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, I'm going to finish the show there. As I said before. Take the positives from this. This is a step in the right direction. This is a good moment to be an Arsenal fan. Be excited for the next game. Oh, I've said the words be excited. That's that's not good. <laughs> Try to... No, how am I going to do this? Be invigorated <laughs> for the next game. You know, you know, but genuinely, I think there's reason to, to be excited about this Arsenal team, about this group of players. And I do think... Um, I don't think we've got a reason to look forward to the rest of 2022. I'm excited. You should be excited. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for the next transfer show uh, and hopefully a podcast at some point as well. Uh, I will have a – and I said, happy have, have a happy new year if you haven't done so already. And I hope you had a fantastic evening last night. Not too merry, of course, being responsible. But, uh, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys as always. Stay positive, stay chill, and as always, up the arse.